So please help maintain KPFK's vital independent role in contemporary media. Go to kpfk.org and donate or call 818-985-5735 to donate and keep uh, supporting this programming. So I really appreciate that. This is KPFK 90.7 FM, Los Angeles. Welcome to Voices from the Frontlines, your national movement building show. Wake up and smell the revolution. I'm Julian Lamb, co-producer of Voices from the Frontlines. On today's show, we are excited to bring you the third interview in two segments by Eric Mann with Keith Lamar. Keith Lamar is a wrongfully convicted death row prisoner in the state of Ohio. The state of Ohio plans to execute Keith in November 16, 2023. Leading up to that date, Ohio State Prison has in effect placed Keith on a dehumanizing, torturous, protracted death watch. Here at Voices from the Frontlines and in the broader national social justice community, we call on you the listeners to go to keithlamar.org and join us in a life watch over Keith. Keith is a social justice activist, warrior, educator, and revolutionary whose life is meaningful, purposeful, and valued. We don't want a death watch. We want a life watch, and we want full exoneration for Keith. Recently, Eric Mann and Shannon Martinez Voices host and co-director of the Labor Community Strategy Center went to Ohio Death Row to visit Keith. They both relayed that it was a deeply moving experience. And they will share that experience with you, the Voices listeners, next week. So as we continue to keep a life watch over Keith, here are two comrades, Eric Mann and Keith Lamar in the latest interview, deep in each other's revolutionary minds and thoughts. Hey, Eric, how you doing? I'm good, brother. I'm looking forward to seeing you. This is uh, very exciting. Yeah, man, I can't wait. I can't sleep, man. I'm so excited. I'm going to well, sleep in hours, and, you know. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. You know, we have two visits. Uh, Channing Martinez and I come. I'm so excited we have two back-to-back visits with you. And, um... It's going to be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be wonderful. So listen, I'm very yeah, excited. Yeah. I went back, Keith, and read, you know, I started reading the second conversation. The conversations are amazing, and I'm going to later read you some of your own words that are... Um, well, I thought we could start with, I had a thought, which is V.I. Lennon said that there are decades where nothing happens, and there are years where decades happen, like in the 60s, right? I mean, it made one yeah. year, like in 1968, the whole world, oh my God, the, you know, the Russians invaded Czechoslovakia, the Vietnamese won, uh-huh. the, the Tet Offensive, we took over the Columbia University, uh, Dr. King was killed, you know, all in one year. Yeah. So 
I was thinking about you, which is, I think for you, every day is a month. You know what I mean? The way you get so much into every day. Yeah, I try to, definitely. Right? So what I'm asking you now is, as we get closer to the date that we have every reason to believe is not going to happen, how do you work every day? How does your mind work? I mean, I'm thinking, um, and this might sound um, egotistical, but I live, you know, in a way that what I'm doing now will, will, will mean something 50 years from now. I mean, we are leaving this planet. A lot of us will leave, not you, of course because you also have done a lot with your life, a lot with your time, with your talent and potential. But a lot of people will leave this planet without anyone knowing that they were here. That's right. And, and I think I think in some ways that's tragic. In some ways, you know, going back to your analogy about the, a decade when nothing happens and a month when decades happen, same thing could be said about people's lives. You know, uh, some people are only here for a short period of time. You said Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King was in his 30s. That's exactly right. Malcolm X was in his 30s. That's right. George Jackson didn't even make it to his 30s. And they lived more. And I just think, and, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to follow in their footsteps, not focus on how long I live, but how well I live. Not the quantity, but the quality of my years. How I spend my time, you know, making sure that uh, I get the most out of what has been given, what has been learned, what has been endured, what has been conquered. And so, I'm just living from that from that standpoint. I, like you, like everybody, expect the governor to hold true to the presidents that he has put in place. It'll be a great departure. Uh, from his practices if he went forward with my execution. And I think, you know, in, in, in some ways that would be a mistake on his part. Right. And, um, yeah, yeah, but that aside, man, you know, I also live with the awareness that I can die next week, next month, tomorrow. And so um, I think now, because it was a lot of years, Eric, you know, where I was just set back and I waited on the, the process, the wheels of justice to deliver me to my my freedom. Then I just started thinking about or reformulating in my mind what freedom actually is. And so that's how I live my life, man. I just, you know, I, I try to be as free as I possibly can in the sense that I, I try to listen and direct my course based on my inner thoughts and my inner formulation, man, and just try to live that out and see it and share that with other people that's in my life and who I love, you know. But, yeah, I think some of the stuff I'm doing right now will mean something 50 years from now, just like, you know, other people that we talk a lot about. No, I think you're already, Keith, you're making your mark. You have a lot more to give. Um, But, you know, you know, I mean, you're still... Uh, you have cards to play and you have books to write and songs to sing. And, uh, you know, I think that you and I are both very deeply philosophical, you know, uh, not just do the work, but 
you know, I think about this all the time as a moral, you know, I was raised in the civil rights movement, very evangelical. You know, I was just talking at this uh, event in L.A. and I said, you know, we used to sing, we are soldiers in the army. We're going to fight although we have to die. We're going to hold, we're going to hold up our bloodstained banner. We're going to hold it up until we die. Medgar Evers was in the army. You know, and we would sing all these people, right? And Medgar Evers, mm -hmm. I think, died in his 30s uh, or early 40s. And, yeah. and they live, they live, they live. And your effort yeah. to not waste a minute is why you're doing so great. You know what I mean? Not that you don't have depression and downs, but, uh, you know, sometimes I'm working with Channing and it's eight o'clock at night and I said, wait, did that thing happen this morning? You know, like the whole day is so long that we, we just get, we squeeze everything we can out of one day. And that's what makes yeah. me, you know what I'm saying? That's what makes me happy about my life. And that's what you're doing great, Keith. I mean, you're just, you've developed the art of, you know, of productivity and philosophy. And, um, you know, I'm going to read you something from this guy, Keith Lamar. I want you to read something from his last conversation. You know, it's funny. They, uh, mm -hmm. it's, this is about your hunger strike. So they transcribed yeah. it. And this is you speaking, of course. It says, yeah. It's just, you know, just, you know, it's not my first homeless strike. The guy got it wrong. But homeless isn't a bad, you know, he, he didn't get a hunger strike. He trans The machine transcribed it wrong. But a homeless strike isn't bad either. I imagine it won't be my last at some point. I'm hoping that people faced with the situation, I understand, you know, human beings are being tortured. All right, so human beings are being tortured. So the pedestrian on the outside looks so calm and collected on the outside of the green the manicured lines and, you know, the whitewashed buildings and whatnot, you know, looking like a college campus, man. But what's happening in here is happening on the inside. So it's just great writing, you know what I mean? In every sentence and every paragraph, uh, they make it look like a college campus and they're torturing people inside. Yeah, and they profiting off of the pain that they are inflicting. That's, I think, is the most despicable thing. I mean, um, we know as human beings that we are capable of doing some horrible things to one another. But capitalism dictates that you monetize what you are doing, monetize the madness, monetize the, the exploitation, the pain, and everything that, you know, how can we make money off of, you know, uh, these people who we have decided are worth nothing? Right. How can we now make billions of dollars off of these worthless people, you know, which gives truth to the lie to some of the um, things that they, that they, that they, that they, that they themselves um, believe, you know, so many contradictions ribbon through this whole apparatus that these people have put together. It's just, it's just, it's just monstrosity, man. It really is. It's a monstrosity. Um, and it's a continuation of something that has been in motion for centuries, man. You know, um, certainly George Jackson and Frederick Douglass, you can go back, you know, uh, Martin Luther King, uh, uh, you know, 
Yeah, you know. Yeah, Keith, man, it's just something. Yeah. Yeah, well, you had a good thing about uh, monetizing the madness. Then you could add monstrosity that monetizes the madness. You got your alliteration in there. So uh, you're right, capitalism monetizes the madness. You know, I'm doing work on, in my own mind, the 1492 project, you know, the 1619 mm -hmm. project. But, you know, in 1492, yeah, right, in 1492, uh, the Spanish government at the behest of the Catholic Church, because they believed that anybody who was not Catholic uh, should be killed. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they had to be killed. So they set up the ideological <laughs> yeah, basis, right? They yeah. set up the ideological basis yeah. for genocide because they went up and, and so check this out. In the, in the same year, the Spanish had the Inquisition against the Jews. They drove the Moors from Spain and they invaded the Americas in one year. And yeah. that system was based on annihilating the Jews, annihilating the Moors, and certainly annihilating the indigenous people. And the roots even go before that. I've been doing some studying, but certainly 1492 shapes everything that's happened to you in your life and mine. Everything that's happened in yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Not just my life, but yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, right. it's a big continuation of that. I was reading something not too long ago about what you're talking about, about the uh, the papal bull. Right, exactly. Was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was put out and, and, and gave Europeans the, 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 the marching orders that um, anywhere you go, where there's not you know, uh, Christian, Catholics, whatever, that you are, you can take their land, you can kill them, you can do whatever you want. You know, I forgot exactly the name or the term that was used to shield these people, boys, whatever you want to call them, murderers, rapists, whatever. Um, but yeah, that, and it's still in play today. No doubt. No, no question about it. You read any history book, it seems like you read about current events, man. The only difference is the technology with which they carry out the same uh, missions. You know, it's the same thing. And it's not surprising. What's surprising is, is that so many people have been educated out of understanding what we are caught up in. We're miseducated out of understanding what we are caught up in. You know, prior generation, your generation, uh, and, and those who came before you, even these people were illiterate. Right. and understood more than we understand today, you know, and, and yeah. were willing to put their lives on the line for what they took to be, you know, uh, uh, their lawful right as human beings to walk free on this earth, you know, people, countless, countless people. And that's some of the things that I try to talk about when I'm, when I'm, when I'm engaging with, with the students, man, just trying to invoke the, the 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 people who were marching in the civil rights movement, who were being sprayed by water holes or bitten by dogs, trying to you know demonstrate or, or point that out to young people so they can know these people came through here. Right, that's right. Walked through in the same valleys or whatever alleys that we are walking through right now, but they it, it was different. You know, they were demanding that they be treated like human beings. We we accept mediocrity as you know, part of our inheritance, and 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 it and shouldn't be the case, man. It really shouldn't be the case. 
that we should be standing up and fighting, not just by ourselves, but with each other, for each other. And, but we, we have lost something along the way. Oh, these people have gotten better, you know. And, uh, that's what they, that's what really would have happened, man. You know, well, these people me, have gotten better. Well, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm working on a book, and I'm going to send you some of the chapters. I should have sent it. It's called I okay. Saw a Revolution yeah. with My Own Eyes, History, mm -hmm. Strategy, and Organizing for the Revolution We Need Today. So one of the things I want to ask you is, have you been reading much about the Haitian Revolution, the Chinese Revolution, the Russian Revolution? Mm -hmm. Because here's some good news. I'm going to tell you some good news. The United States is losing all over the world. Um there's a big article I'll send you by Fareed Zakaria, who's this commentator on CNN, saying that mm -hmm. most of the world does not like the United States and that yeah, most yeah. of the world is moving towards China and Russia, that India is moving towards China, that I like the mm -hmm. People's Republic of China big time, and they've done a lot of great things for black people. Du Bois went there, Shoei Gray Du Bois went there. So, did you ever read a book called Red Star Over China? No, I, no, I haven't. I, I did read uh, Black Jokerbins. Um, oh, good, you Black did, Jokerbins yeah. Black Jokerbins by yeah, C.L.R. James, by yes. the Haitian Revolution. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That's in my I bookstore. Thought, I think that's a important book. Yeah, that's in our bookstore. Oh, yeah? You got a bookstore? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. we got yeah. a bookstore, and your book is in it. Um, we have a oh, bookstore, cool, cool. and this guy who came, Keith, he said, oh, this is a curated bookstore. And what he meant by that, because that was the first time I heard it, is every title there uh, has been chosen by me. And there's only 100, only 100 books or so to get into the bookstore. So it's got, mm -hmm. it's got Black Reconstruction America by Du Bois. It's got Black Poetry. It's got a lot yeah, of Black Bible right there. Yeah. Right? It's got... Uh, yeah. Uh, it's got Black Reconstruction America, Black Bolshevik by Harry Haywood. It's got, as you said, Black Jacobins. It's got the Black Woman uh, uh, by Tony K. Bambara. Um, yeah, yeah. And I want to get you a couple of these books on Russian. I'm going to send you some of these books on Russian and Chinese history because just let me take a minute. Um, until the Russian Revolution, there was no hope. You know what I mean? Every country was either imperialist or a colony. And all of a sudden, the Russians overthrew the Tsar and developed the Soviet Union. I know you know this, mm -hmm. but yet the United States, 13 different countries invaded the Soviet Union to destroy it because you were not allowed to have an alternative to capitalism. And then the Chinese Revolution in 1949, Russia, the, the Cuban mm. Revolution, 1959, the Vietnamese Revolution, 1975. So now, all over the world, you know, the United States is pro 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 provoking this war in Ukraine, and the whole third world is saying we're not supporting it. So what I'm getting to is you have allies all over the world who are standing up to the United States right now. We are not alone. Which is why Biden mm -hmm. wants to start a war all over the world, right? I mean, why does he want to start a war? Because, because nobody in the world likes the United States anymore. Well, I mean, I was just reading a, a book by uh, 
Ruth Wilson Gilmore. Yeah. Um, abolition. Um, and she was saying that the United States has this doctrine called infinite prosperity. And violence is a uh, uh, mainstay of that ideology. Right. Violence is, you know, is go hand in hand with imperialism. That's right. No one voluntarily gives up their life, their, their, their land, you know, um, but, you know, those things are, are, are taken, um, forced on, on, on other people. I mean, this is, it, it's an old blueprint that imperialist powers have to play all the way to the end. I mean, they're going to take us, the whole of humanity, over a cliff right. because that's the only thing that it can do. Even Biden, just one person, he, he represents this uh, a power structure. That's right. But even him, man, you know, he's indicative of the, the waning. I mean, he, he, I saw him fall down the other day. It was <laughs> right. so... Right. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I, you know, and, and I'm saying he's stumbling. That's the United States, though. You know, people not looking at the, you know, what that represents. And then the people who you have vying for the, 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 the seat of power. You know, all these unstable, old dinosaurs. I'm talking about in terms of the ideology, not 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 so much the age, but in terms of they they just stuck in that mold. And I understand it, you know, I understand it. I understand why they would be. I just don't understand why. Like when people hear about the war that's going over in Ukraine, Vladimir Putin is the corporate. He's the the monster in that uh, narrative, of course, when it's told from the standpoint of Americans. Right. But it's a history, you know, obviously um, that. That, that we here in America being so isolated that we don't know about the the the, the, the run up to those type of um those confrontations not just with, with Russia but you know in, in the other various parts of the country and as it also relates to the crisis quote unquote at the border and why these people from Central and South America are coming here because Americans have made it unlivable for them to to live in their own countries. And all, all those things are, are are becoming are coming to to the surface where people can see and better understand. But I just think that we are at a loss uh, as to what to do as Americans because we have been brought up on this ideology and have have you know like you said a lot of people hate Americans and what you actually saying is that they hate Americans you know because America is a place. You know, that's populated by people. It's the people and our attitude, our education, our arrogance, all these things that we have, you know, gotten honestly. You know, you know, people dislike us, you know, how ignorant we are, how um, unread we are, how dislearned we are and everything and, 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 and how arrogant we are, man, in our ignorance. <laughs> Well, no, you know, that, that was people. really good. I mean, yeah. I want to say how when you were talking about how old Joe Biden is, and then you quickly cleaned up your act to not hurt me. So you said, yeah, well, it's not a question of age. It's a question of whatever. But I caught you. So um, the thing yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, that's true, is, though, because no, we all get older. I'm 54 no, no, no. years old now, you no, know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just playing with you. I mean, what I'm getting to mm -hmm. is. No, no, is no. That, that it was absolutely right. The analogy 
Well, let me say several things, because, you know, the first thing you said is that Biden represents what we call the center-right imperialist. And he's against the far-right fascists. And that's what the war is right now between two imperialist powers inside the United States, right? And him falling down is symbolic of the U.S. empire falling down, right? Uh, now, I want to tell you some optimistic yeah. things, though. Um, last Saturday, we had a meeting uh, at the Strategy Center. About, you know, 60 people showed up to celebrate, first of all, that Candy Martinez and I are now co-directors of the Strategy Center, and that mm -hmm. we've always been partners, by the way, always been partners. But at 36 now, he's the co-director, and he's black, obviously. Oh, he's 36. And, yeah, he's, he's 36. He's getting up there in the age, you know. So, um, and he was uh, young, man. Yeah, I'm just kidding. He's great. Um, and then we had uh, Barbara Lott Holland, who's more my age, who's the associate mm -hmm. director, black woman. Um, Julian Lamb. I don't know where you fit chronologically, Julian, but I'll just say you're under 50. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, and then we had uh, Akuna Uka, who's uh, Afro-Nigerian. And she's 30, mm -hmm. and she's coming on to be the head of our volunteer program. And then we had Araya Blakely, mm -hmm. who you'll meet someday, and she's maybe 22. And everybody in the organization except me is Black. So we had a meeting mm -hmm. to celebrate Black leadership, to talk about mm -hmm. cutting the police by 50%, uh, no police on the buses and trains, uh, stop the attacks on black students, stop the attacks on black passengers, stop the U.S. attacks on China, Russia, Iraq, Iran, and the world. And we're, if you were in L.A., Keith, and you can be mentally, is we're optimistic because we're growing. You know, I mean, we're small. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. We're not uh, delusional. But there are forces on the ground in the United States, especially in Black and Latinx communities that are growing, mm -hmm. you know, not so much among white folks, unfortunately, because in the 60s, a lot of white people were on the right side. We'll come back to white people. But I want you to know that everybody we got, I had this woman, uh, Queen Mother Nina Womack on yesterday, and we're having a Juneteenth celebration where uh, an artist is gonna do an, uh, his one-person show about Paul Robeson, and Malina Abdullah, who's the head of Black Lives Matter. So when we wake up, we wake up to go to war with the system. We don't wake up depressed. We don't wake up down on, you know, we're re-educating the Black community. We are. Uh, black Lives Matter, students deserve. Because we know there's been a counter-revolution in the Black community, but a lot of people have been waiting for people to stand up and fight. So I guess what I'm trying to tell you is that uh, you know, there's operate there's cooperation Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi, there's community movement builders in Atlanta. Um, I think I want to help you get plugged more into this because you're part of that movement. You know what I'm saying? That there is more hope out there. And I wake well, up every I'm, I'm aware. Yeah, because I'm aware. I just want you to know I wake up every morning with hope because I hate these people and I fight. You have one minute remaining. No, I'm, I'm 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 definitely aware that there are segments of the population who are 
conscious and, and trying to envelop other people in that consciousness. I'm a part of those conversations. I too am, you know, uh, 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 we, we're doing a performance on Juneteenth uh, in New York. And um, oh, so, yeah, I'm, but, you know, it, it's one thing to be having these conversations on the sidelines. But one of the things that uh, the movement was geared towards um, in the 60s and whatnot, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, is how to wrest control of that power and use that power for the people. Right. You know, and the people who was who back then they were trying to overthrow, they learned from that history. They learned from the, the accumulation of knowledge and, and, and people helping people, you know, the lunch program. Thank you for using GTL. Everybody, we're going to still be back with Keith Lamar. They're just messing with him, and then they're going to start his call again. This is Channing Martinez, co-host of Voices from the Frontlines. As James Brown says on Voices, we want to have a funky good time, but that only happens if we all do our part to support KPFK. Call 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK, or go to kpfk.org to contribute now. Where else can you hear such a broad perspective of truly left and strategic conversations but on KPFK? Listen, I know we all love KPFK, but love is a verb and love is an action. Join me now in contributing generously to KPFK. Call 818-985-5735 or go online right now to kpfk.org. Contribute today. Hi, this is Julian Lamb, co-producer of Voices from the Frontlines. You, as well as myself, have been listening to a conversation between Eric Mann and Keith Lamar. I am so excited that I was an audience to that conversation. The energy between Eric and Keith is so rich, so profound, and so dynamic. They are two comrades, soul brothers, politically, ideologically, and philosophically active within the struggle against U.S. imperialism, oppression, and mass incarceration. Their friendship, as well as the love in the conversation, are very powerful and uplifting. As a listener, I strongly felt that rare gem. It's not every day that someone gives you that level of profound revolutionary insight and open up to share their great political minds. So stay tuned, folks. There's more to come. Hey, Keith, you're back. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. Keith, why don't we segue to a minute to your daily life? Because, and we'll go back and forth between the, the world, the history, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I get read your transcript that, you know, prisoners, like, even in ourselves, we like a certain amount of order. You know, we get to be the home decorator <laughs> of this terrible box they put you in and then they always try to take something away uh how's that going mm-hmm. 
How's that going? How's your daily routine going? I mean, it's just like you say, you, you wake up and you, you, you put your feet on the ground and you begin again, you know, trying to hold this thing off. And, you know, it's gotten to the point now, I've been here so long that I can kind of, it's just like with the rain, you know when it's going to rain before it's going to rain. <laughs> right, right. You you know, you develop a sense for it. Yes, you do. And so you want to kind of be, you know, preemptive in terms of, because once it starts, it's sometimes hard to stop it. You know, but, you know, the good thing, like the recent homegrown strike, you know, to have people calling in to kind of yes. uh, disrupt yes. the daily routine kind of give these people pause because they don't want to have to go through that for nothing. You know, and see, that's, that's, that's about the power of the people. If you're in here and you don't have that support, if you don't have family, if you don't have friends, then anything can happen to you, and, and, and it will. Um, yes. Because, you know, these, these people, in here especially, everything is, is, revolves around violence in one form or another because that's how they use the justification to put you in this place. Right. And to perpetuate it, in other words, in order for them to, you know, to, to get their pensions, to work here for 30 years. They have to do 31 years, 32 years to get a pension. Right. You know what I mean? So they have to plan on making uh, sure that this place exists for 32 more years <laughs> because they have kids. Right. That's you right. see what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So, and so, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it, 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 it was, you know, always invitations for applications in this place and you know i'm not exempt from any of that it's just the difference between my 54 year old self now 54 year old self as opposed to my 24 year old self is that i can see through it you know and um don't get me wrong i'm not non-violent you know i'm prepared to protect myself but you know a lot of this stuff is you can um get around by being proactive but that means you have to be engaged that means you have to they focus on your know, your day to day, you know, and you're looking at the, the macro, you know, the, the big picture, but you also have to focus on the details too, because that's where the devil has. And we know that, you know, that's where, you know, these people operate in these little these little details, you know, and it's they, and it's like like I said in, in our first conversation, death by a thousand cuts. That's right. You that's know, they, right. they constantly trying to inch you back. It's not one big step, it's an inch. And if you give them an inch, they will take the mile. And so you got to right. make sure you don't surrender that inch, you know. So my my day is just like you said. I get up and I fight, man. And, and one for another, that's what my whole life is about. And I'm glad I have the the circle of support that I have because it also allows me to fight the good fight, you know, as opposed to me making a shank and stabbing another prisoner, another poor person who are in the same situation I'm in. You know, what I mean, they might not see or understand what's what, what, what's being set up, but I do, and I have to respond to what I know. Because to do otherwise, it's it's the same as not knowing it, you know, and it's the same as uh, saying that everything that I've been through has been in vain, and I won't never allow that to be the case. And That's so right. I just work, man. I just I, I I stay working. I stay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to you know, do some maintenance with my young nieces and nephews, particularly my nephews, uh, some of whom are right now entering the system, right. you know, unfortunately. Right. I mean, you talk to them, but, you know, you're competing against a, 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 a multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar media thing that, you know, that promotes crime, you know, criminalizes 
young people, you know, make it seem cool to become a criminal, make it seem cool to uh, volunteer for slavery, man. So my nephew right now in the juvenile justice system, and this is the first oh time for me to kind of, you know, uh, right. You know, I talked to him. He came to visit me. But, you know, I knew that conversation was just like throwing seeds on concrete. It wasn't in fertile soil. I wasn't there to cultivate it. So, you know, he's where I knew he was going to be. Thank God he's not dead. You know, I can talk to him, have a conversation about the, you know, about the uh, about the ins and outs of this reality and how to circumvent some of the traps that have been set for him. And so, you know, that's what I'm about to work on now. And so that's what I'll be well, doing good. tomorrow when I wake up right my nephew. Yeah, of course. No, you know, one thing, uh, you use a lot of concepts. I got to get you. I mean, I don't want to, I, I'm so sorry I didn't already get you my book, Playbook for Progressives, mm-hmm. because yeah. you know, a lot of words you use preempt, uh, encircle. Uh, your mind thinks as I do uh, in a military way. You know what I mean? They're going to, I wake up and they're going to make this move. I'm going to make this move. I'm going to make a chess move. It's a constant mm-hmm. war, constant yeah. war, constant. Uh, and I want to tell you a, a story. I don't know if you heard, but during your hunger strike, I was calling in every day, right? And there was somebody I was supposed to talk to. I forgot. So this guy answers the phone. Mm-hmm. I said, can I talk to so-and-so? He says he's not in today. I said, that's okay. I'll talk to you. You know, you have a moral responsibility to help Keith right now. You know, when you go home and talk to your mm-hmm. kids, when you talk to your kids, what do you tell them? <laughs> that I provoked a man? Do you tell them that? that you provoked a man who was minding his own business on death row in his cell, sir, so you don't have to refer me in. <laughs> you can solve the problem right now. And he said, uh, uh, okay, I'll pass on the message. Goodbye. So I learned to organize. Right. You organize. I want that man to say, no, I'm not taking a message. The message is you, sir. You know? And I know, having been right. Right. That there is one guy that you don't know who it is when you're dropping seeds on cement, <clears throat> there will be one woman or man who goes, oh, I may want to get my 31 years, but maybe I'll do something a little bit more decent. And we got to try to keep organizing these people, even though but only because we got no yeah, choice. Yeah. You know, we got no choice. It's not like <laughs> they would be my That's favorite. That's sad too, though, you know. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. right. I mean, it's not like my favorite people to organize, but in that they're there. And they have the life and death power that they have. We have to challenge them morally in the community. And, you know, just one more thing. Like yeah. right now, right now, for a lot of black people, being a prison guard is one of the greatest things going. Right? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, you know, um, a lot of a lot of young people, white people, right. come here and they're gone in one or two months. They just can't do it. It's it's too dehumanizing. But black people is the warden um, on down. You know, right. all the black people are in the supervisory positions now. Right, right, right. And it's just one of the things of a part of our history in this country. It's like I was saying this to somebody, one of my friends, white friends. You know, it's like black people don't really have uh, an aversion to this type of shit. You know, like, you know, um, and it's sad that you would sign up to do 32 years. I mean, all told, when all said and done, that you have would have spent over 15, 20 years in prison consecutively. That's right. You know, for for you know, and, and, and that that's okay. 
you know, that we have been, you know, brought to the point where, where we are prepared to eat each other and, and that be okay, that that's the option in the richest country in the world, that that is cannibalism, that, that, that this is what we have been delivered to and everybody, you know, it's, so I say, I, I, I talk to them and, um, to the people who work here. You know, to administration, to higher ups. You know, I went up not I recently. You, I, I mean, I went up recently for my security review. Every year, yeah. I go up annually, and they determine whether or not they're going to reduce me to a lower security level. It's process, and that's what I write on my appeal. I don't attend. I don't go, <laughs> and they turn me down every year. And I write the same four words. I protest this fraud every time on my appeal. I don't know necessarily to believe this, but if some future day we are standing before a tribunal. I don't want these people to be able to say, oh, we didn't know. You know, I, mean? I said, no, no, on such and such a day in 2023, I told you. Or on such and such a day in 2021, I, I mentioned this to you. You know, I brought it to your attention. And it's sad, man, because, you know, I, I have an awesome library. My library also is curated. You know, books that I, you know, uh, <laughs> It is, man. You know, I know what I mean? It has to be. Once, you know, once you get a certain age, you have to um, start tailoring everything, man, because you've got to reduce everything to the essentials, you know? Right, right. I've got such attachment to my library and my CDs, Eric, man. It's like, um, you know, I've been on hunger strikes about this, too, right. about the amount and the quality. I mean, the different, you know, whatever, man. But, uh, yeah. I've gotten so much from this situation that I really have arrived to the point where I really have no regrets. I mean, the beatings, the, the starvations, the forced starvations, all those things have, have, have contributed to, you know, the person who I am have deepened me uh, in a way that I would have never been able to do riding around in my Mercedes Benz or, you know, standing on the corner and all that, you know what I mean? So, I'm not saying that uh, I would have volunteered for this, knowing what this is, but I didn't know, and I and I did come here, and I'm here, and I, I'm making the most out of it. I believe, man, I would have never met George Jackson. I would have never met you, you know, had I took the deal. And see, that's the thing about it. I would have never met myself. That's right. That's the tragedy in all of this. You know what I mean? I would have missed out on the opportunity to meet myself, the same person who you are meeting right now. I, I, you know, I'm meet, I, you know, I would have never met that person or that version of myself had I taken the deal. And that's what a deal represents. There's no bargains. Right. You got to pay full price in this world. That's what they do. Capitalism, you know, two for one. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to get one free. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, let me take you know, yeah, I, you know, yeah. I love talk, Keith. We could talk for you know twenty hours. You know, I listen to every word you say, right? I listen carefully, and I'm just sharing. Sometimes when I tell you a story, it's just because I empathize through my own world. Like, like I'm working on this mm -hmm. book right now about my time in prison, right? And I'm going to send you that. I I got a lot of campaign promises I got to keep, but. I've been going through this whole thing about how I joined this group called Weatherman, right? I joined it in September of 1969. I organized a demonstration against the Harvard Center for International Affairs still in September 
1969. Once I did that, because we broke windows and we wrote, you know, down with U.S. imperialism and you're a bunch of mass murderers, we didn't hit anybody. There was, but they claim we did. They claim we beat somebody up. It wasn't true. But that shaped the next six years of my life. I didn't know when I did that demonstration, I didn't know that they would also charge me on, you know, know this, would attempted murder of an officer later because somebody allegedly mm -hmm. shot into a police station, which I didn't do. But once you start being in their system, I could have been so I ended up with two years in prison, three years probation. And so I'm writing the article because when I write every chapter, I sort of relive my life, right? I, I'm deep. I'm, I'm that person again. And I am saying, why mm -hmm. did I join that group? That was a, not mm -hmm. a good, that was not a good idea. I mean, if I had done that demonstration, <laughs> right. and that, but then I'm going, Eric, you organized that demonstration. That was your idea. <laughs> you can't blame anybody. And, and, and also, right, right, right. Not, Eric, had you not been in prison, you would not be the person you are today. You would not be talking mm -hmm. to Keith. You couldn't relate to Keith. Right. Right? You know, I mean, you would not. Right. Had I, you not been on probation with the fear of being put back, because I had a two-year hanging over me for three years, and it did have a worse effect on me than prison did. Because in prison, mm -hmm. I knew I was in prison. But probation, you're walking down the street. Right, right, right. At any moment, if I jaywalk, they can put me back in. And and mm -hmm. so I was going through this whole thing about blah, blah, blah. And I said, Eric, this is the life you chose and that you have the consequences. And you should be really lucky because you got to see the system that most people didn't see, right? You had right. to you got to toughen yourself up. You became a weightlifter. You became, you know, you you, you are a product of being a prisoner. And Keith, it's funny because mm -hmm. you're one of the few people I can talk to about this. I try, but people, oh, that's good. Yeah, that that that, that. it must have been rough, but. There's not a lot of empathy, I'll be honest with you, because people have not been the joint. And, I, you know, they go, yeah, that certainly right. sounds wrong, you know. But they don't know the day-to-day, -day, you know. They don't know the so, – so when I talk to you, it touches my soul, you know what I mean? It touches – it makes me proud of what I did. Because one of the best things I got yeah, out people, of it – you know. Yeah. No, go ahead. One of the things you got out of it yeah. – Is being your friend. Oh, yeah, vice versa, you know, vice versa, you know, people, you know, uh, always ask me, you know, to kind of sum up these 30 odd years I've been in here and, uh, you know, I regret nothing, right. you know, um, that's about the most, you know, accurate description I can give anybody. It's like, cause, you know, because I, I really, you know, love the place where I have arrived. I mean, it's sad, obviously, that you have to give up so much just to receive a real education. Right. You know, um, but that's essentially what these 30 odd years have been the education. You know, not just reading, not just, you know, writing, but learning, you know, what it means to be a human being. Keith, I got a mm -hmm. question. What? are some of the last things you've been learning, the latest, not the last, 
give me a sense of new ideas. The latest. The latest. What is the latest? New, you know, because every day you're thinking. Every day you're reading a new book. Every day you're meditating. Give me some of your latest mm -hmm. thoughts that are different than the thoughts you might have had like six weeks ago when we talked. You know, one of the things, man, um, it's, 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 you know, like betrayal. Mm -hmm. um, the ease with which, you know, people who claim to be close to you, claim to love you, that sometimes those people don't live up to, and you feel as if you have to, you know, do something, say something. You know, but I, 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 you know, it's one of the shocking things about me that I've learned in, in my life is that how quickly I am to make allowances for those things. Like, yeah, I uh, get it, it hard, man. Right, right. You know, and I couldn't do that when I was younger. I mean, this stuff is still happening, but this situation is a grinding, brutal thing. And, you know, I have friends who have turned on me a long time ago and recently. And I noticed I don't feel mad. I feel sad. Like, mm. you know, they got my brother, you know, wow. you know, that's, so that's one of the things that, you know, like, you know, I, I, I you know, it, it's heartbreaking, man. It's heartbreaking. And, 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 and one, I'm just trying to not become a piece of shit, Eric. Right. You know, um, you know, you know, that's something that I never really thought about. It's like the victory in this situation, you would think, is to be exonerated, to have a reprieve. Right, right, and right, those right. things are on the list. But my, 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 my biggest achievement thus far has been not allowing this situation to turn me into a piece of war. And I'm humbled by um, whatever forces that have you know, allowed me to keep my fine and keep my footing in this situation. And so, you know, every day, you know, yeah, I read a lot. Yeah, I think a lot. I, I, I exercise, I meditate, I do all those things. And none of those things shield you from the brutality of the situation that, that's right, that that's you're right. in. It's just that's you right. and naked reality, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's one of the things, man, that, you know, just... Um, they're coming for all of us, man. You know, when I was on the hunger strike, I had your book, Comrade George, with me in, 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 throughout that whole process. That means so much. That book is so well-written, man. It was written so long ago. The pages are yellowed, <laughs> you know. Um, right. Right. And, and, and But but when I was saying, I was reading, I said, there's no way you can top that. You know, the insights, the, 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 the conclusions, the you know, the connections and stuff that you've made. This You don't have to write a, another book after that. I know yeah. you have to because no, you're a writer. No. But that's a seminal work, though. That's a book that, you know, as, if somebody wants to know who Eric Mann is and what he did with his life, they read Conrad George. And that'll give people a good insight into what you believe, what being alive meant to you. You know that book was pretty. It's it's, it's a pretty powerful book, man. Uh, Amy told me that uh, um, you threatened her several times uh, <laughs> about <laughs> that. You you know you want your book back. You know what I mean? And that 
that's the real reason why you come to Ohio. I was just going to tell you that. I was just going to tell you that. I'm coming back, and this woman will not send me back. Oh, you don't have to tell me that. I already understand. I read the book. I said, oh, he's coming to get that book. You know what I mean? If he don't send that book by, by June, he's coming to get that book. And so I, I, yeah, I know the real reason why you come to Ohio. You yeah. know what I mean? You know. Well, I said to Amy, since yeah. I'm coming out anyway to get my damn book, Want to hook up a visit with Keith? You know what I mean? Since I'm in the neighborhood, right? Since right. you want to send my book, you know, what I mean? and I don't want to be—I don't want it to be one of those cases where you say you put it in the mail and it just didn't ride. Just right. keep it where you are, and I'll come and get it. Because you know that book is eight hundred dollars online. Man. I know, you know that, that, man. I know that. That tell you something right there. But I was you know, going to give it to that's Amy. That tell you something right there. Yeah, but I was going to sell it to Amy for seven hundred ninety-nine. Because she's a good friend of mine. So, yeah, you no, <laughs> But listen, Keith, what you just said, I don't want to let yeah. it go. It means so much what you just said. Um, it, it just, I don't want to say anything except thank you for what you just said about Conrad George. You're absolutely right. Uh, if that was the last thing I did, uh, and the prisoners, you know that, we've, we've given thousands of copies to prisoners. And we are going to reprint it. And when we do, you're going to write some introduction to it. And but I just want to say thank you. You know, just thank you. Uh, oh, no, thank you, man, because the book, even now, all these years later, because I'm still in that situation that you're yeah, no kidding. And it hadn't changed. You know, the, I, I was reading a part about how the guards was trying to enlist, uh, uh, trying to inspire enlist other prisoners to kill George. That's right, that's right. And all of those things are going on right now. Hey, you know, and, you know, um, right now where I am, you know, um, because everything that I'm doing that is such a thorn in these people's eyes is, is being done within the parameters of their rules. Right. You know what I mean? I'm allowed to use the phone. I'm allowed to, you know, to write. I'm allowed to, you know, to fight in this way. You know what I mean, and so they can't get at me from a, from a frontal attack, you know, because they would have to blatantly disregard their own rules and policies, and I'm 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 crafty enough to point that out. So they send all these other misdirected people, white guys, who had this, you know, um, twisted sense and whatnot. You know, even while the same person who has his, his foot on my neck has their foot on his neck as well, or their neck. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's just amazing, man, how... And, and why change it? Why change it? You know what I mean? But see, that's the good thing and the bad thing about this situation. Nothing really has changed. So the same thing that worked in the 1970s will work again now. That's right. If 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 people can, you know, cultivate the, the, the courage to, you know, to stand firm, because that's that's the, that's the whole thing, man. Can you stand firm? Can you stand firm? You know, only thing I think would kind of make it difficult, more difficult if I had kids, something out there. Wow. You know, because it's hard to explain to kids why you're not there, and you know, and the damage, the trauma that that inflict your absence. So all the people in my life are grown ups. And um, all of them have been given to understand what my uh, loyalties lie and, you know, the line that I have drawn, um, so to speak. Well, you, you know, know, beyond this point, I would not go, you know, right. Mm -hmm. 
Well, one thing I just want to say is we're moving sort of towards the end of the interview, although it's never an interview, it's just you and me talking. You know, I just totally forget. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember we're doing this for a radio show, by the way. I'm in your cell. I swear to God, I'm in your cell talking to you right now. You know what I mean? And one thing I yeah, think you yeah. should be very proud of is I went to your virtual birthday party. And you're, yeah, not, yeah, you're, you're, you're not just a prisoner on death row. You're somebody very important who's touched the lives. I mean, there was people, hey, Keith, I'll, I just saw you. I, yeah, I got your letter. Keith, no, I'm going to come next week. No, Keith. I said, I'm lucky I got, well, this is like, what the hell is this, the hottest ticket in town? I'm, lu- I'm lucky I got in. You know what I mean? Like, Amy, she got me an opening. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So you, that yeah, that's a, what Amy said. What I'm gonna get to come see you? She live around the corner. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, it, yeah, it should yeah. Be, I don't like. I don't know if the word proud, but why not? You should be very proud that you've touched so many lives who value your life. Yeah, yeah. Who think you're very important, yeah. and you're doing good, man. You're on a roll. And just one more thing, I want to say back to you. Mm-hmm. Well, we're coming. We're coming, and uh, it's going to be so yeah, amazing. Yeah, I can't wait, man. You know, it's been so amazing, Keith, because we've been talking. Yeah. You know, the phone is actually an amazing thing. You know what I mean? We shouldn't underestimate it. The human voice mm-hmm. connecting with each other. But it sure is going to be beautiful to see you in person. And I'm, I am... Yeah, man, I can't wait. Yeah. Well, you don't have to I wait much longer. Wait, man. I'm seeing you Friday and Saturday yeah. this week. Well, it's mutual. I just want you to know, coming with Jenny Martinez, who you'll get to know so much more, but just like Julian and, and I are partners, yeah. you know, at the Strategy Center, we have a culture of, I don't know, partnership. Oh, Julie, yeah. So thank you, nice Julian. Nice to meet you, Julie. Yeah. And nice believe, to meet you, brother. And, and believe, huh? Well, I think and, we should... So, go ahead, Keith. You get some <laughs> last words. No, no. No, brother. I, I was just... Um, one thing, Julie, and um, just to say once again, man, that it's 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 a great to you know have this connection with you, Eric. You know, uh, you know, I say this not jokingly, but to to have somebody who was there. You know, one of my friends, Stephen Lynn, he was there, right? And he right. passed away recently. He he used to, you know, tell me all the stories and everything. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you, man. And, um, you know, we'll talk about all this stuff in person, man. All right, well. I can't wait, man. And all right. Cheney, uh, oh, make sure you wear a pullover sweatshirt or sweater or something because it's get chilly. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. Okay, brother. Well, listen, right. I'm, I'm right. really I love looking, you, and I'll see you soon. I love yeah. you, too. And keep, keep, <clears throat> I'm really looking forward to the prison food. Oh, yes, just popcorn and uh, <laughs> it's just nothing, nothing to write home about. And so you know. Yeah. Much love to you. Okay, yeah. Take care of yourself, brother. All right. Okay. I'll say clear and state my case. Papa Witcher. 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK, that's the line.